Welcome back to Podcast 71 of 2022. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us the Ozbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by BetRivers.com. For a 100% sign-up bonus up to 250 bucks. please visit BetRivers. Use the promo code ODDS22. Terms, conditions, and location apply. If you'd like to help us out with our cost sponsor the website the podcast, we would love to help you out. Please visit theasbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning handicappers. You get the premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit the Asbreakers and become a free picks newsletter subscriber. My friends, what a massive weekend we just had in sports. Big games, big fights, and some big upsets in the NFL. From a betting standpoint, I had a great weekend. College got turned around 9-4 and four last week, up 11 units in college. UFC went pretty well. Could have been better, up three units. And NFL down 2.8 units. So roughly up 11 to 12 units for the weekend so far with Monday Night Football pending a few plays. So start with our recap College football, not a lot of big upsets in college. It was a pretty fun weekend of college, not so eventful. Uh, Ohio State destroyed Iowa. I mean, that thing just went way over the total. My buddy bet the under. He's like, as soon as Iowa got a defensive touchdown and they were up 7-3, you knew that under was absolutely smashed. But Ohio State just put their foot on the gas after that and destroyed Iowa. But it was not just their offense. It was their defense that showed up. Um, I know Iowa doesn't have a good offense, so that's probably not the greatest example. But Ohio State's defense has really been standing up since, I would say, the Notre Dame game, right? Let's just take a look here. Uh, Since Notre Dame, they allowed only 10 to Notre Dame, actually. But they uh, 12 to Arkansas State uh, against Toledo was all their backups. Um, Wisconsin was mostly embarrassing, and they were up by, you know, 30 40 points was Wisconsin scored their garbage touchdown, allowing 21 points, uh, 10 versus Rutgers, 20 versus Michigan State, and 10 against Iowa. I, Ohio State's defense is legit, too. That's scary. Great offense and great defense. Uh, Syracuse-Clemson, wonderful game. We were on Syracuse. I thought that Clemson had a massive home field advantage in the fourth quarter there. Lots of stuff went their way from a fishing standpoint, but you got to give a lot of props to Syracuse for being in that game. Clemson did outgain them, and I do think Clemson was the better uh, team, but I thought that you know the money line wasn't a terrible look with Syracuse just based upon how these coaches kind of know each other. Dino Babers covers against Clemson, and he actually beat them outright a few years back as a 24-point dog. If you remember, we were on the money line that game. So I thought this should be a lot closer of a spread than 13 and a half, 14 points, just based upon the coaching matchup there. Uh, Alabama took care of Mississippi State, and you know, kind of like I half expected, uh, Alabama's defense finally showed up this year after being absolutely embarrassed. I'm sure Saban was uh, grilling them all week, and they only allow six points to Mississippi State, uh, six points at the very end of the game, too, six points in the fourth quarter. So. 
no surprises, but if you're going to tell me that Alabama was going to score 30 points, I would have said that they weren't going to cover the spread <laughs> against Mississippi State, being that they're over 21-point favorites. So uh, take that with a grain of salt. I was fortunate enough going 9-4 and four to avoid a lot of trendy upsets, uh, trendy picks like Ole Miss coming into LSU, ranked Ole Miss, uh, losing outright at LSU by a lot. LSU beat them by 25 points. Heck, they beat Ole Miss worse than they beat Florida. I know the Florida game was in Gainesville, but geez, man, LSU absolutely dominated Ole Miss here. So uh, lots of people were on Ole Miss, lots of people on Kansas State, and I am wishing I took TCU. I took them in the contest minus three and a half with my partner, but I did not take uh, them from a betting standpoint. And when that thing did not go to three, I should have known it was right side. My power ratings had this at 7.5, but just so much people, so many people I respected were on the Kansas State side that I know that are sharp betters. It made me stay away from it, even though it disagreed with my numbers. But on the other side of things, you know, it did take uh, TCU uh, a fourth quarter score to cover that spread. So, they were in the game the whole game. But one of those situations where you lay off when you respect some people that are on the other side. Uh, one of our few losses was Oregon uh, or UCLA in the under. I thought UCLA was going to put up a better competition against Oregon. Their defense was just absolutely pathetic, allowing 28 points in the second quarter. My under was looking great the first quarter. Six total points scored until they gave up 28 to Oregon. And then, of course, the garbage touchdown that doesn't even cover the spread coming from UCLA uh, pretty much screws you in the fourth quarter. They were completely out of the game, and that game, and this over only goes up over by four points. So one of those really strange situations here, um, I think, not strange, I, I would say pathetic situations because UCLA un was undefeated. They had a shot. They're coming into Oregon, and Chip Kelly just can't win the big game you know that's been always his uh mantra he cannot win when he needs it against a top 10 team like Oregon he's 0-6 I believe in games against the top 10 and that might not change anytime soon they still have a big game coming up against USC Texas versus Oklahoma State we're all over Oklahoma State, and I was very much scratching my head on this line move, and I gave this thing away when it was Oklahoma State plus three and a half, and I gave it away on Sunday. It was a three-star play, and then it goes to six and a half, like within hours, and I'm like, what the hell am I missing here? Spencer Sanders questionable. Spencer Sanders finished the game against TCU. How the heck is he questionable? You know, it's not like he hurt himself on the sidelines running into the locker room or something. I didn't hear anything about that, you know? And Gundy's always quiet about the uh, injury report. Nothing different there, but all this speculation comes up, and this thing goes up to six and a half. I'm like, Texas on the road, six and a half? Are you kidding me? You know, what did Texas do against Texas Tech on the road? Much different where some of these teams play on the road, and that's an angle that I also look in college basketball. Some teams are just way worse on the road than they are at home. You know, massive difference. And those are some of the situations you want to get on. Glad I got on it on this game. And I had Oklahoma State 
And I was a little worried for a while because they were losing, but they just kind of kept, you know, kept staying with Texas a little bit. And uh, that last score in the second half, or sorry, the first half, really helped out. Going into the second half, each team only scores three points in the third quarter, and Oklahoma State kind of walks away like they do in the fourth quarter. Quinn Ewers kind of himself choked a little bit at the end of that game. I thought Quinn's a really good quarterback for the first half of the game, but uh, you got to play a full game in football. And uh, Oklahoma State was a home dog, and I'm sure there's people that got uh, the six and a half and got a nice little money line on that as well. Uh, Penn State, Minnesota, absolutely disgusting. Minnesota got throttled by Penn State. Not much there. Uh, Cincinnati betters are pissed off. Uh, they were three and a half, laying three and a half, four points at SMU. They had that game completely in the bag. SMU scores two garbage touchdowns at the end and goes for two and misses uh, to cover that spread. So Cincinnati taking their foot off the gas and uh, letting SMU come through the back door. Uh, almost happened with Memphis. Uh, Memphis is on the uh, five-yard line and then even a little bit closer. Down 10, spreads seven and a half in most of the books earlier in the week. Uh, you can at least push if they got the field goal. But instead, no, they want the touchdown. They go for it on fourth down, lose about an extra 20, 30 seconds just doing that, which blows my mind. Uh, you, you're probably kicking the field goal if you're like more than fourth and two, fourth and three, maybe. I'd like to look at those metrics because there was one time I disagreed with that decision. I think it was only fourth and like inches and they kicked the field goal. I thought you'd go for it then, especially if you have a timeout. But Memphis didn't and uh, they throw the interception. So anybody on Memphis, uh, you know, they were getting their butts kicked 35 to nothing and they didn't deserve the cover. But then Tulane lets off the cast the whole second half and almost blows their cover. So that's kind of how that went. The Memphis backers didn't deserve it then they're in the game completely getting teased and then two lane covers anyway but what a fantastic team this two lane uh is this year it's four and oh in the american athletic conference seven and one it looks like it's going to be them uh that's going to be uh representing them in the championship game against maybe a team like cincinnati find that very very interesting congrats to two lane actually two American athletic uh, teams are ranked Cincinnati and Tulane. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome for that conference. Not in my power ratings by any means, but ranked anyway in the AP top 25. Moving on to the NFL, kind of was a weekend where I thought I had a lot of great sides that just didn't come through. Coin flip situations, you know? I mean, there's a difference between having a good bet and losing and having a bad bet and losing, in my opinion. Uh, the turnover margin sometimes really comes to bite you, and that's why we talk about misleading final scores. Sometimes those teams that should have some positive turnover or aggression are teams to bet on, but they also do not come to fruition all the time, especially when on the road. And that's kind of how I got bitten by the Colts, a team that should have dominated the Titans. Part of that was Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is a below-average quarterback, a far below-average quarterback, I believe. And I even think a below-average quarterback covers that spread against the Titans. And a slightly below-average quarterback might even win that game. But Matt Ryan has been absolutely terrible, and I just got news that they're going to be starting Sam Ellinger. That's how poor Matt Ryan has been. 
I, I find it funny. They get rid of Carson Wentz. They bring in another fraud in Matt Ryan, and they start out the season terrible, tying the Texans and losing games that they shouldn't. Just kind of a detriment to the rest of the team. But that was a sharper side that I lost. But there's much worse that happened in the NFL. Packers losing at the Commanders. And this is one I'm really kicking myself for. Why the heck did I not bet the Commanders? I knew it was an upgrade from Heineke to Wentz. I didn't know how many points. I was thinking maybe two points, and I still couldn't get to the table there. I think that the Packers in my power ratings were about seven points favorites, and in my algorithm, it was really five. And that's where the spread really was, was four or five, but that wasn't using data with Taylor Heineke. You know, I, I should have upgraded them two, three, maybe, maybe even three points with that quarterback. If you remember last year, he won up like four games in a row, played his ass off, had a ton of injuries, Chase Young going out, and the hardest schedule in the NFL, and I thought it was pretty accurate. I mean, the kids seemed to try hard. I thought he was a pretty decent quarterback. I thought he's better than some of the starters out there. But when you pay $126 bucks, you pick up that contract, there's a lot of politics involved uh, to start a certain quarterback that might not be as good as your second string. And that's what happened to the Washington Commanders, and that's why they're 3-4 and four this year. They shouldn't have won that Jaguars game. They shouldn't have won against the Bears. Very fortunate. But now they're kind of back in it-ish, being 3-4. and four. Highly doubt they make the playoffs now, but they could be a little bit dangerous now that they have a halfway competent quarterback in Heineke. Now the most disgusting thing of the weekend, and I think you know makes my next segment, is the Buccaneers losing as a 14-point road favorite to the Panthers. You know? I mean, 14 points, and they lose by 18 points. That's a 32-point swing from the spread for a dog to win. It is massive. I mean, I'm mad at myself for also not betting the Panthers. I was at sucker on them last year when they were up 10 to 7 and I knew they were going to lose by more than 10 and a half points. I was that guy last week on the Panthers. It was really hard to get to the table here. I had the Panthers losing this game by 10 and a half points. There was an overreaction to the Christian McCaffrey signing. An overreaction. You know, running backs are not worth that much. And Christian McCaffrey just having him leave is kind of like that basketball team. When the star gets hurt, they do better because they start playing more as a team. All the focus doesn't go on him, and he doesn't have to miss a ton of shots for you to lose the game. Nobody's standing around. It was almost the same philosophy, maybe, with Christian McCaffrey leaving. He was always covered, right? They're forcing him the ball. Now that they open it up a little bit, voila, you win. And you beat a former Super Bowl champion within the last two years. 14 point spread. Jaguars versus the Giants. Here's another game that bit me. Um, They might be making one of the next segments as well. 
what happened to this Jaguars team starting out like, what was it, 2 and 0? Or sorry, 2 and 1. You know, looking good. Then they play a tough Eagles team and then they lose four in a row. Eagles, Texans, Colts, Giants. Four in a row. All just based upon turnovers, really. You know, what the heck is going on, Doug Peterson? Get this team together. Now they're laying like three and a half, four points against the Broncos next week. I'm not sure if Russell Wilson plays. Does it matter? Jeez, three and a half points. I mean, this is another situation where the metrics say to bet the Jaguars. Yet they keep turning the ball over, which is massive swings. Turnovers are worth 3.8 to four points. When you turn the ball over, take away four points from your handicap. That's more than a field goal. All right. That's why they're so uh, prominent when it comes to misleading final scores. It's hard to handicap turnovers because if a team that turns the ball over that gets a lot of yards all of a sudden has a game where they're positive in turnovers, they're sometimes blowing away their opponent. You know? So very, very disappointed in what the Jaguars have been doing. One of my losses this week. The next game was a little bit worried. Our refused to lose teaser hit last week, taking the Ravens and the Raiders. But I was a little bit worried about the Ravens. You know, they won by three points. Cleveland made a nice little run at the end there. Baltimore's winning on smoke and mirrors, it feels like. You know, smoke and mirrors and Lamar Jackson. If a team figures out Lamar Jackson, the Ravens can get crushed. That's literally what it is. It's hard to figure out Lamar Jackson because he is an amazing athlete. But I just feel that the Ravens, even though they're four and three, some people think they should have won that game against Miami. I think they just kind of blew it because their defense isn't that good. You know, that's part of my handicaps too. In most of my handicaps, I have the Ravens less than the market does. I should have bet the Browns. But it was just that good of a spot for the Ravens here. You know, coming off a loss to the Giants. You know, at home, division game. They just beat the Bengals at home. It was just a really good spot, I thought, for the Ravens to back them. So I did not want to take the Browns, and I should have. Uh, Texans kind of had the Raiders on the ropes for a while. 10-10 at the half. Then the Texans are up. 30 to 27 and the Raiders score three unanswered touchdowns covering the spread 38 to 20 crazy crazy game very exciting one of the games we had great line value that actually hit didn't have to throw it into the CLV pit like some of these plays oh my god that Giants over you kidding me Jacksonville Giants over tons of yards that game couldn't even go over that blew my mind but Seattle versus the Chargers, it's everything that kind of my number showed. It said Seattle should be the favorite here. It's a seven-point favorite. I take seven, goes down to six and a half, goes down to six, goes down to five and a half, goes down to five, might even hit the fours. But did I buy back? No, I did not buy back because I had Seattle favored. <laughs> I don't buy back usually unless it goes past my number. So that's always... Uh, Important to know why buy back if it's not even going past your own number anyway. And it's got to go 
passed enough to make it an actual bet yourself. So keep that in mind. This one kind of blew my mind. Uh, the Chiefs just destroyed the 49ers. Now, I was leaning Chiefs until I found out that the Niners were getting so many guys back, and then I backed away. Still kind of leaned them when it went down to pick them. I should have bet the Chiefs, but I didn't, and uh, one of my leans just destroyed the competition, winning by 21 points. It was absolutely crazy how bad the Niners' D looked after that. Now the Niners got to go to L.A. for a big division game where L.A. is going to be a little bit pissed that they lost uh, at San Francisco a few weeks back. And then the Dolphins-Steelers. I had the Dolphins at minus six for a four-star play. This thing went to seven and a half. My number was actually eight and a half. I know the Steelers got a little healthier, so I didn't buy back. And this one, I I wish I could have, but it was more of the coaching. I thought Mike McDaniel was completely outcoached in this game. Mike Tomlin just ran Najee Harris up their throats on a rainy game. That's really what it was, and the Dolphins just could not adjust. They kind of stepped, kept doing a lot of that obvious play action that they run all the time. You know, it's just running up their throats, Dolphins. The Steelers are not a good defense. <laughs> you know, they could have done some jet sweeps or something better. Just absolutely outcoached. And then when it's like fourth and three, there's eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. You're up six. You don't want to go up by three scores there. You kick the field goal because they can't even score a touchdown or get a two to tie. Now you leave it at six by going for it. You could have lost the game. You could have freaking lost the game, McDaniel. What the heck are these coaches doing? I mean, I, it, we say it every single week. It absolutely blows my mind how they have jobs when they don't even know how to manage a game. Great coordinators don't always make great coaches. I think McDaniel can make a great coach, though, so I'm going to pump the brakes on that for now. I'm not saying McDaniel's a bad coach. He just makes stupid decisions on his way to hopefully being a good coach. But numbers matter. Four stars at six pushed. That's what I'm hoping that most of our members got when I sent this out. Before we get to the good, the bad, and the ugly, wanted to mention that our show, Better Odds Sports Betting, had a great guest this week and Brady Cannon from VEASAN. Both of our dogs most likely to win at a plus 150 or better rolled. I had East Carolina. It was plus five for a while, about plus 165 to 175, depending upon what book you're looking at when I gave it out. Uh, one outright. Easy uh, handicap for me. I also bet the side. Uh with the spread, it was uh, a situation where UCF had Cincinnati on deck. Plus, their numbers were massively inflating by playing teams like Temple and FIU, you know, just or Florida Atlantic, just terrible teams and inflated numbers that threw that off. That's why strength of schedule is so important to look at when you're handicapping these games. So I was happy about that. And Brady giving out Seattle when Seattle is still about five and a half, six points when Brady gave that out and uh, props to him. Cause that thing was around plus 200. I took it myself uh, for a money line play uh, was a fantastic job done on better odds sports betting by our guest Brady Cannon. <laughs> The good, the bad, and the ugly of the weekend. The good, starting with some UFC 280 
Islam Makachev winning the title for the lightweight division in men's MMA for the UFC. That was absolutely entertaining to see the way he did it. Was able to counter a couple knee, a couple knees that Charles threw with a right hook. Charles falls to the ground. He jumps on top, gets him in a arm triangle, and the rest is history. I mean, that's just how strong Islam is. And that was my handicap. I just think Islam was stronger and much better than this competition here. But I was definitely worried because lots of people that are better at UFC than myself, in my belief, picked Charles. And Charles had some great line value for a while for the people that got it early. You know, I was concerned about that. Whenever uh, people I respect go against me, I get very concerned. I was fortunate enough that Islam kind of proved to be what I compared him to, kind of like the Georgia of college football. And this is back when Georgia, a couple years ago, you know, had that easy schedule and people were just saying that. But then they'd play someone really tough and roll over them as well. You know, that's kind of what Islam was because strength of schedule did not look good coming into this matchup for Islam. Yet I just, from what I saw, the way he beat people, the way he never gets touched, I just thought he was the complete best in the division. So I was really happy about that. Uh, Also good, Michigan. Believe it or not, Michigan, even with the bye week, has improved in my power ratings just based upon like Penn State whipping up Minnesota. You know, I I mean, the way Michigan handled Penn State was absolutely amazing. I had to up Michigan in my power ratings, even though they didn't play last week. So there you go. It was good for Michigan just with Penn State's big win against Minnesota. Uh, New York football teams, another great weekend for New York football teams. Somehow they just keep winning. The stats don't always show that they should be winning, but they do. So congrats to New York. Uh, here's another good thing. Maction coming college football week 10. After this weekend, next Tuesday, we're going to get some Maction, which is awesome. Day after Halloween. And by the way, we're having our Halloween show this week. Always Wednesdays at 1 p.m. is our guest from now on. 1 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. So if you ever want to watch live on YouTube and question or comment, uh, please feel free to visit the Odds Breakers on YouTube. Uh, the Phillies, good for the Phillies. They get to the World Series with Bryce Harper and Kyle Schwarber. Fantastic. Schwarbaum is absolutely killing it. As a Cubs fan, it it was Rizzo and Schwarber were the toughest that for me to see go. Rizzo was an amazing leader. Not always the greatest batter, but he did enough. He was a good enough first baseman. And uh, he would hit in the clutch sometimes. You know, that's important. And then Schwarber is just a different animal in the playoffs. He's one, he's the reason the Cubs did well in the playoffs when he came back from that injury that year and uh, won the World Series. You know, the, he was the reason. Just an amazing job. And now he's doing it again. I don't care what you're doing in the offseason. You're worth a ton of money if you can win in big situations. If you bat like 180 during the whole season and can bat over 300 in the playoffs, you're worth a ton of money. Of course, you got to get to the playoffs too, but Schwarber has proven that. So he's part of the good this weekend as well. The bad, Ohio with zero penalties this game. I believe they played Northern Illinois, zero flags. Okay, 
I mean, that's hard to do. That's a massive home field advantage. And I hate to say it, but Oklahoma State also had zero flags. It's impossible that a team should have zero flags because the truth is, the amount of rules that they have in football, you can almost call a flag on every single play. But it's really lopsided if the officials don't do that, right? I mean, there's something wrong there. (laughs) So even though I was on Oklahoma State and was happy I won and beat Texas, part of the reason could have been just a massive home field advantage being upon officials not throwing flags. So I thought that was kind of bad. I had to put that for my bad for Oklahoma State and for Ohio, how they won at home with zero calls. Another bad is college football week nine. There's a lot of bye weeks coming up here as well, and not a ton of big marquee matchups. As a matter of fact, ESPN College Game Day is going to like Jackson State where Deion Sanders coaches. That's where game day is going. That's how poor some of these uh, top matchups are in college football this week. But from a sports betting aspect, they all pay the same. That's what Brian Edwards say. They all pay the same, right? My last bet is the CMC trade. I mean, San Fran gave up a second round, a third round, and a fourth round for CMC. CMC is a good player. I think he's overrated as a running back. Part of the reason was that Ed McCaffrey is his dad, who played for Mike Shanahan forever. They're both from Stanford, which is right there in San Francisco area, right? And so... I think they wanted him just based upon the history and the location they were brought up. Probably big 49er fan his whole life. But that doesn't make them any bigger. And that doesn't make them giving up a second, a third, and a fourth round pick worth it, in my opinion. McCaffrey's injury prone. You know, he's injury prone. And if he becomes too much of a focal point, it lessens the rest of the team. Just like I said, what happened to Carolina. And maybe they do need running back depth, but there's a lot more direction they could have went than just getting one of the guys that's always drafted high in fantasy because he gets a ton of catches. You know, the PPR leagues, points per reception. <laughs> yeah, it, it blows my mind. I thought they give up way too much for him. And you saw that it didn't really affect, at least last week. As a matter of fact, it made them better, the Carolina Panthers, against the Tampa Bay Bucks, but unfortunately, as you know, what was coming, the Tampa Bay Bucks definitely make the ugly this week, and that's what we're starting with. Absolutely disgusting against the Carolina Panthers. What the heck happened to this team? Losing all these games in a row, losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers, not covering this week. Holy cow! Did the market? take a dump on them. I mean, look ahead against Baltimore was a couple weeks back was like six, seven points. Last week it was three. Now Baltimore's favored by one and a half points. You believe that? This line stinks. (laughs) You know, Tampa Bay, get it together. Tom Brady, quit yelling at people, start yelling at yourself and improve this team. They have Thursday night football coming up. Big spot against the Baltimore Ravens. Another ugly was the O'Malley decision against Peter Young. And I'm sorry. I just don't know what to do when you're a UFC fighter. Are they going to grade you based upon you controlling the whole fight? 
like Jan did, or that little cut you got with two minutes left on your eye that bled all over. They call that damage, of course, based upon getting O'Malley the win. Jan still controlled him that fight. Jan had over five minutes of control, which is over one-third of that whole fight against O'Malley, and somehow lost by decision. Which is it? You know? I mean, here's the problem. If you're going to say, oh, you got to look at damage. Well, I should have won the Sanhagen fight when I fought Dillashaw a long time ago then. But what is damage? What if I'm the one with the bloody nose because I accidentally hit my nose against his thigh and I've been wrestling him and beating him all the whole time. He's dazed. He's got a broken foot, but I just couldn't quite take him out in 15 minutes. Do I lose because I have a bloody nose? You know, there needs to be better scoring with significant strikes and things like that. So I've been saying that for a long time. This O'Malley decision was, in my opinion, based upon his social media prowess more than him actually winning this fight. Don't get me wrong. O'Malley is a fun dude. He's fun, and it's going to make the storyline a lot funner, but that doesn't make it right because most people that know MMA would say Jan won that fight. Uh, Matt Ryan. I don't even know how many times I can write Matt Ryan for ugly here. You know, he makes the Colts worse when he's on the field. A, just the, a much below average game manager would have done a lot better than him. You can't turn the ball over when you're going to score. You can't do that. I mean, I think he threw a pick six. About to go up seven to three, and then you give them a pick six, 14 point swing. How do you survive that? It's hard. Well, he had opportunities to survive it, and he threw another interception later. You know, Matt Ryan is the epitome of ugly. I mean, he, it's so funny how they went from Wentz to Ryan, but I also find it quite ugly that he's getting benched when he has this massive contract. You know? So. Another big issue with uh, these GMs screwing up. Now they're going to Sam Ellinger. Frank Reich announced it, and I don't even know what to do with this. I mean, I'm thinking he has to be better than throwing interceptions and managing a game, right? So Matt Ryan makes the team worse. Does Sam Ellinger go in there and make the team worse? There's no sample size or nothing I can go by. At least I knew with Heineke that he makes the Washington Commanders, two or three points better, right? At least I know that. I don't know which way to go with him. Can you be worse than Matt Ryan? Probably not a lot. Probably not a lot worse. And maybe this team wants him. I don't know. It just depends upon how the team reacts. But this line jumped down to minus two and a half now against the Commanders. The irony here, Heineke is playing Ellinger. Ellinger probably has more talent to work with, especially if Shaq Leonard comes back. But, I mean, the commanders have some really good receivers. And you know how Heineke is. Keeps them in games. So that and their teaser leg. The Colts' teaser leg is ugly. They keep losing teaser legs for absolutely horrible reasons. Kind of been like that all year. Maybe maybe teasers are so bad just because of the Colts. (laughs) You know? Maybe, maybe it's them that are ruining everybody's teasers. I'm so glad I didn't fall into that. I instead bet them for a little bit. Uh, 
I only got the two and a half. I decided not to go with the three. It was really highly juiced. So at least I made a smaller bet. But that way I would have been double exposed and lost both bets because they lost by nine freaking points. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. All right. Now that brings us to college football week eight misleading final scores. And Cincinnati outgained SMU 379 to 259, yet lost 29 to 27. I'm sorry, yet won 29 to 27. They also won the turnover battle, but just choking the spread away like I went over earlier. 14 penalties as well kind of helped that. Uh, some really bad pass interference ones, but it kind of gave SMU a massive home field advantage. Uh, SMU had three penalties. They had 14 and massively outgained them, but thanks to that home field advantage officiating and SMU getting those garbage touchdowns, Cincinnati did not cover. Miami's yards were garbage time versus Duke. All right, So not even going to give them credit for those Eight turnovers they had last game. <laughs> Unreal. Toledo outgained Buffalo 438 to 399. Hit lost 34 to 24. A six to one turnover ratio killed them. They're up by double digits. And I thought my Buffalo ticket was absolutely trashed. Thank goodness Toledo came uh well choked it away with all those turnovers. Rice outgained Louisiana Tech 487 to 373, yet lost. Uh, no, sorry, yet only one, 42 to 41 in overtime. Three to one turnover ratio hurt bad. Thought I had that spread. I had Rice minus three. Uh, one of my other losses, I was disappointed with them giving away that uh, garbage touchdown. And then obviously at the very overtime, instead of going for the extra point, the Bulldogs went for two and missed. <laughs> so that was tough. Northern Illinois outgained. Ohio 377 to 354 yet lost 24 to 17 equal turnovers bad third down got them and the home field advantage six penalties to zero got Northern Illinois Texas and Oklahoma State were close in yards but Texas had 14 penalties Oklahoma State had none like I said earlier that was a massive home field advantage as well. Memphis outgained Tulane 415 to 344, yet lost 38 to 28, a 4 to 0 turnover ratio and terrible red zone killed them. Texas AM outgained South Carolina 398 to 286, yet lost 30 to 24. Equal turnovers, a bad red zone efficiency hurt the Aggies. Some of those yards were garbage. Uh, just that long garbage drive at the end. Pittsburgh outgained Louisville 326 to 312, yet lost 24 to 10, a 4 to 1 turnover ratio really did them in college football week nine betting spots not a lot of them really let down spots oklahoma state at kansas state after beating texas is one marshall versus coastal carolina after beating james madison is definitely one and that's all i have for letdown spots not a ton of upsets get up spots usc at arizona state uh, after the bye needs to prove something sorry it's at arizona not Arizona State, Washington State hosting Utah after lots of recent losses is a big get-up spot. Nebraska hosting Illinois after the bye is a big one. Woo! Illinois has got the bye too, but Nebraska needs to do something here. Look-ahead spots, Illinois might be looking past Nebraska to Michigan State. Very possible, but I hate doing look-aheads off the bye, so just a little bit of a mention. My only other one is Notre Dame possibly looking past Syracuse to Clemson. Very, very possible for uh, Notre Dame to make that mistake. 
NFL. Misleading final score is a heck of a lot more of them. The Saints outgained the Cardinals from Thursday night football, 439 to 326, yet lost 42 to 34. A 3 to 0 turnover ratio killed them along with eight penalties. Andy Dalton lost that game for them. Was absolutely terrible. Thought I was watching Jameis Winston, but unfortunately for the Saints, they have both of those quarterbacks. The Lions were outgained. Only 330 to 312, yet lost 24 to 6. A 5-1 turnover ratio did them, and golf regressing really bad. I find it very funny that him and Carson Wentz were 1-2 and two in that draft class. The Colts outgained the Titans 292 to 254, of course, and lost 19-10. A 3-1 to one turnover ratio. Many of those turnovers were in terrible spots. Matt Ryan really lost them the game. The Panthers only outgained the Buccaneers 343 to 322, yet won 21-3. to three. Equal turnovers, horrible red zone efficiency for the Bucs. Maybe it was the whole Cameron Brate being out too. You never know. Uh, the Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars outgained the Giants 452 to 436, yet lost 23-17, to 17, a 1-0 turnover ratio. 13 penalties, poor coaching did the Jaguars in time of possession also for the Jaguars only 25 50 so uh the Giants really kind of pounded the ball really well against them the Browns outgained the Ravens 336 to 254 yet lost 23 to 20 a two to one turnover ratio and horrible uh two for 11 third downs killed the Browns Broncos outgained the Jets 324 to 260 yet lost 16 to 9 a one to zero turnover ratio and bad three for 16 third down efficiency hurt and lots of uh, Texans yards against the Raiders were really garbage. Now, they were winning that game, but at the very end of the game, uh, the Raiders let them have a couple drives. So don't want to give too much credit to the Texans there for blowing that one. NFL betting spots. Letdown spots. The Commies at the Colts after beating the Packers might be one. The Panthers at the Falcons after beating Tampa is one for sure. The Giants at Seattle is one after winning as a dog. Uh, but you might say the same thing for the Seahawks, too, because they just beat the Chargers as a pretty big dog themselves. Get up spots. Tampa hosting the Ravens. Come on, Tampa. Do you have any integrity left? Packers at the Bills is one. The Browns hosting the Bengals is a big spot for them. Both the Saints and the Raiders playing each other uh, is kind of get up spots, in my opinion. The Raiders have only two wins. If you remember, they lost that Kansas City game. They should have won. So the Raiders still are... Um, on the outside looking in when it comes to playoffs. Look ahead spots. The Titans could be looking past the Texans to the Chiefs. That brings us into our free play for college football week nine. We are going to go with a total here. And right now, I am shocked that this thing is that low. Pittsburgh versus North Carolina over 63.5. I took it at 62.5. It's kind of crawling up a little bit see where it just want to make sure it's still there uh 64 it's at 64 now i like it all the way up to 67 ish here's the thing north carolina has no defense they don't and pittsburgh's defense looks good on epa uh but the problem with pittsburgh is their strength of schedule has been terrible minus the t- early in the year tennessee game Uh, If you want to see who Pittsburgh uh, stopped on defense, not too hard. Uh, Bad West Virginia team, they allowed 31 points to the first game. Uh, At Western Michigan, 13 points. One of the worst teams in the MAC. Rhode Island, they allowed 24 points. (laughs) Georgia Tech, they allowed 26 points. Virginia Tech, they allowed 29 points. Terrible team. 
and they just allowed 24 at Louisville at Louisville. Now they go to North Carolina, who all they do is score and let big scores in. 7.16 yards per play. They give up 6.27 yards per play. North Carolina, one of the top 15 teams in tempo. This is a pretty simple over for me. I like it all the way up to 67 for three stars. Show me the money! Now it's time for a little fancy football with our guy, D Nasty. Now it's time for a little fancy football. We got our guy, D Nasty, back to break down fancy football week eight. How you doing, Dave? Good. I'm getting pumped for my Bills Packers game, leaving on Thursday, flying out on Thursday. <laughs> I, did you ever have an idea they'd be tentative point dogs? <laughs> no, I didn't. It'd be kind of brutal. I think I might have to rock my Bills gear instead. Oh my God, traitor, traitor. No, we'll see. I'm, I'm still debating. I might bring both. I think I'm going to bring both, and it'll be a game time decision. Well, I'll tell you, man. Uh, those commanders took command of the Packers. I was stupid not to bet them. I, uh, Packers are leaking oil all over the place this year. It's really, oh, yeah. really bad. But they're losing guys, Lazard, and we'll get into all that. But as a Bear fan, I don't mind it so much watching the demise, trouble in paradise. You know, you would think that maybe uh, Aaron Rodgers would be going for a divorce, too, or something. <laughs> I think we need to trade him. I think it's time. I think it's time to get rid of Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, who's going to pick up a $50 million contract? <laughs> and plus, you have to deal with all the BS with that guy? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, I understand. Yeah. I, I'd understand if, like, Mahomes got hurt. Like, if Mahomes got hurt, they need to try to win the Super Bowl that year, right? Because they're loaded type thing. Or or if Josh Allen got hurt. So here's the here's the plan. The Packers injure Josh Allen so they can take Rodgers off your hands. How you like that? Yeah, I only wish. <laughs> oh, the truth comes definitely out. part of the problem, though, I think. We definitely had our injuries, and we lost Devontae. But Rodgers didn't look sharp the last couple weeks now, so... Yeah, I know when he always blames everybody else. I mean, yeah. he has when you have camaraderie like he did with Adams and just guys in the past. Um, it's different, you know. It's it's a completely different game, and now it's uh, more difficult in the Packers because that's gone, and um, it takes a long time to develop. Like like Kelsey and Mahomes, it's like Mahomes knows exactly where Kelsey's going to be after a certain amount of seconds. You know, it's just the way it is, but. Um, Packers just kind of have to keep filtering out wide receivers, and that's pretty difficult. So enough of that, though, Dave. We can uh, get into the woes of the NFL all day because there's plenty of them. <laughs> but, uh, watching Tampa lose to Carolina was absolutely crazy. But we only have two we only have two bye weeks, Dave, so why don't you give us the buys? All right, yes. Two big buys, though, this week. We got the Chiefs. I uh, got some major players in that one: Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, among a few. Even McCall Hardman after his big week this last week. You're probably not starting him though, but uh, some big names out there for them. And then Clyde Edwards-Helaire, uh, Isaiah Pachiro, uh, who actually started this past week. So we'll talk about that a little bit here. And then we do have the Chargers: uh, Gerald Everett, Keenan Allen, who, who should be back uh, after the bye. Uh, Mike Williams, we'll get into a little bit on his injury as well. Uh, Justin Herbert, so uh, quite a few guys there, and Austin Eckler, one of the major running backs, so top five running back then too, and a top five quarterback as well. So, and Mahomes is another top five quarterback. So we got two top five quarterbacks and a top five running back. Not as bad as last week, but still going to hurt some fantasy teams out there. Most definitely. Um, I, yeah, the Chargers are 
just losing guys and they lost JC Jackson now one of their big defensive backs and it's just going to be one of those situations where the Chargers will probably be even more valuable almost because they're going to be shootouts now with that with that defense being so hurt so that's something to consider it's like not bad it's actually good for fantasy when their team hurts defense it's just the way the game's played but <coughs> but let's get into the key injuries and the obvious one Brees Hall for the Jets Massive ACL injury, and it was huge for them. But it changed my waiver wire what happened today because James Robinson just got traded to the Jets for like a six-round pick. That's that's how much they cared about James Robinson, which I thought was a very good back in Jacksonville. It's funny, and Jacksonville was kind of good for a while, but I guess now that they're 2-5, and five, they're giving up? I, I I don't know. No, I think they're going to turn it over to Chavis Etwan. Etwan, I'm sorry. Uh, I think they're going to turn it over to him, kind of, and then Jamichael Hastings is going to be his backup now. So I think they're just going to turn it over to him. But I don't think Robinson did get a fair shake, like you said. And I think he did really well the first three weeks when they gave him carries and gave him looks. So I think he could do well with the Jets. Yeah, it's this is kind of strange. Um, I don't know. Hold on one second. I have to fix something. This is kind of strange that they actually did that. Um, I don't know why etn got all that love for uh starting position i think it's almost politics because he did it because he played with the quarterback lawrence what do you think no i think uh, he's been proving himself the last couple of weeks and he's been coming on the last couple of weeks and now he's fully healthy now too he's still getting over that injury from a year ago so i think now that they really realize that he is the guy that they want to go with so i think it makes sense okay make, okay sounds good um, what about, uh, Chuba Hubbard? So is he hurt or, and, and he was on my injury list. How hurt is he? Because I wasn't sure, um, coming into this week. I know they obviously big trade last week with CMC. They said that he could, could, could have came back into the game this past week, but they kept him out because they were up on Tampa Bay, like we were saying, which is pretty funny. But uh, they said that he could have came back, and he was getting the lion's share of the carries at the beginning of the game, and he is definitely their starter and the number one guy there. Uh, but they just rested him the rest of the game because they were already up. Uh, but they said he could have came back in if, if he needed to. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, so that makes sense for that. And obviously, we didn't even get to talk about the big trade with CMC, Dave, but let's get into that. Uh, tight end David Njoku went out with his ankle. Mike Boone went out with an ankle. A lot of ankle injuries this week. Um, Ryan Tannehill in a walking boot with an ankle. That was uh, somewhat impactful seeing him in a walking boot after the, the week. Mike Williams, wide receiver for the Chargers with an ankle. Wide receiver Nico Collins with a groin injury. Alan Zard went out with a shoulder injury. Amon Ross St. Brown for the Lions with a concussion. Um, and that's and DK Metcalf. Injured his knee, but the good news is it's it, it looks like he's going to be fine. They might keep him out a game or so, but only a sprained uh, PCL, I believe. Yeah, but then Daniel Bellinger, he had an eye injury. Uh, he was ruled out. He's going to see an eye specialist uh, for that. Dalton Schultz uh, tweaked his knee against the Lions, but he should be all right. He's dealing with the PCL sprain entering the game already, so he tweaked the knee a little bit again. Uh, so that was another injury out there. Uh, and then Matt Ryan uh, injured his shoulder, and actually they just announced tonight Sam Ellinger will be starting the rest of the year for the Colts, which was pretty shocking. Uh, so that kind of impacted a few of my teams that I have Matt Ryan on. So that was a 
kind of a shocker for me that they're st- starting Sam Ellinger the rest of the year. Even when Matt Ryan comes back, they said uh, he still will be the starter. Sam Ellinger will be. So uh, Matt Ryan might have saw his last couple of days in the NFL, possibly. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is insane. Um, but he, I mean, Matt Ryan losing his job like that, man. He's He was so terrible, though, this year, wasn't he? He has been bad, but he, yeah, he's shown flashes though, and then and, and he's shown th- flashes his whole career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, he has, but I think he is still a good quarterback, and I think he still will be the one that would get him somewhere this season if they still wanted to go somewhere. So I think they're just kind of giving up on the season, just turn it over to their young quarterback to see what he can do. So I think I think they're kind of just throwing in the season is kind of what they're doing right now. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, well, why don't you get in the waiver wire then? All right, sounds good. Uh, f- first guy on my list, we talked about him briefly last year, uh, Danny Dimes-Jones. Uh, he's been playing well. He had another big game this week. I was playing against him in one of my leagues, unfortunately. Uh, he ran for 107 yards this past week. Uh, his rushing ability alone, he's actually ran for at least 21 yards in all but one game. Uh, and he put up at least he put up 28.78 fantasy points this league in most leagues. Uh, he also does have a nice matchup this week against the poor Seattle D, who's given up the 11 most fantasy points per game to quarterback. So definitely, if you have him, plug him in. If you do not, go out there and get him. Uh, another guy, too, that you might want to get, Jameis Winston, if he comes back. New Orleans' offense has been looking good. So if he is back, or Andy Dalton, uh, definitely scoop up Winston if he's out there. He's only 20% owned right now in most leagues because he was injured. So if he is back, he's playing a poor Raiders team, uh, which is a great matchup as well. So definitely scoop him up. Another guy that some people forgot about, Gus Edwards. He came back and had a huge game this past week. Uh, 16 carries, 66 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Uh, he took over 50% of the carries for the Ravens this past week, too. And he outsnapped Justice Hill and Kenyon Drake. So all those Kenyon Drake pickups last week aren't oh. looking so well right now. Oh, my God. So that was huge. Huge. Yeah. I'm so, glad I kept him on my injured reserve in, in a league because I picked up Drake in a league too. Thought he was the man. I know everyone did. I think uh, Chuba Hubbard and Dante Foreman, uh, like like Kiev said, with the big Christian McCaffrey news midweek, that was a shocker to everyone. Uh, everyone was running to the waiver wires to pick up both of them. So if either one of them are still out there, uh, they're on 36% Hubbard and 49% for Foreman. Definitely scoop both of them up. They're both going to have value going forward. Uh, they're both going to get a lot of carries. Uh, like I said before, Hubbard's going to be the main guy there, but uh, Foreman's not going to be far behind, and if that injury does bother him at all, Foreman did have over 100 yards this past week in limited carries, so uh, definitely scoop him up if you can. Uh, Kyron Williams, this is a guy uh, that with Cam Akers' situation uh, and him possibly being traded, uh, this rookie running back for the Rams, is, he's on IR right now, but he's going to be coming back within the next week or two. Definitely pick him up right now if you possible because he's going to be starting possibly when he comes back or he, he'll be at least sharing carries with Daryl Henderson. So this is kind of a, a guy you want to slash on your bench for a week or two, but he's definitely a guy you want to get now before he gets hot and before he comes back because he's going to be left getting lots of carries. Michael Carter, he is owned in quite a few leagues, though, right now. But if someone did drop him by chance or if he is out there on the waiver wire by chance, definitely grab him. Isaiah Pachiro, uh, he's, he's going to be a hot guy, too. He's owned about 51% of leagues, so he's borderline uh, owned right now. But he actually started this past week for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and did get he did share carries with Edwards-Hilaire and did get more carries, actually, than Hilaire. So definitely scoop him up. He's going to be their running back, I think, for the rest of the year that he's going to be guy you want to get. Paris Campbell. 
guy who's disappointed me over the last couple of years so much. I actually started on this past week on a whim due to some buys, and he actually blew up for me. Only owned in 5% of leagues right now. So definitely a great pickup. I'm not sure how Andrew is going to work with him, though, going forward. Uh, but he's had 23 targets over a two-game span, uh, which is great. So you definitely want to pick him up. He had 11 targets, 7 catches for 57 yards, and a score this past week. So good numbers all the way around. So definitely pick him up if possible. Uh, Juan Dale Robinson. We talked about him last week, so I'm not going to really talk about him too much. But only 29% owned, and his snap count did go up this past week. He played 53 of 76 plays. So he's definitely on the on the rise, and he's definitely looking like their number one there. Eight targets, six catches, 50 yards. So definitely a guy you want to take a look at. Irv Smith, uh, he was not by last week, so if anyone did drop him, only 41% rostered. He's playing the worst pass defense against tight ends in the Arizona Cardinals this week. Definitely play him. Uh, one defense you might want to take a look at, the Colts. Uh, they are hosting the Commanders. Heineke, Taylor Heineke did look a little shaky. He he did throw one pick, and he did have a fumble for a, a, did have a fumble that should have been a, a touchdown. Uh, but our stupid cornerback had a penalty. But he did also also throw almost two other picks during that game. So uh, he does like to throw the interceptions. So you definitely want to start thinking up his Colts against him. <laughs> the Colts. Well, we'll see. Um, I agree with all that. There's a lot there. Um, I, I'm going to add one that I didn't have until two minutes ago. Bailey Zappi just went in for Mac yeah. Jones in the first. Jeez, he might be the quarterback now. He threw a couple touchdowns. Or, at, or got him there, you know, and then there's a rushing one, I think. But, yeah, man, I mean, geez, Bailey Zappi, maybe the Alabama Mac Jones is gone now. That would suck for, <laughs> I guess, Mac Jones owners. But when he geez. came into the game, he went four for four and threw a touchdown right away to Jacoby Myers. So, yes, I like Zappi a lot. I have him in a couple leagues. Uh, I have him in two dynasty leagues. So, I'm all for him. I'm, I'm cheering for Zappi all the way. I like the underdog. Yeah, me too. The, well, Latavius Murray. Um, for sure, if if he's not owned already, he's owned in a lot of leagues. I agree with everything you said. Josh Reynolds, maybe if I'm on Ron St. Brown, Brown can't play. I didn't mention Sammy Watkins last year because they pulled him off IR last week. I mean, so Sammy Watkins. Uh, and if 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 uh, Tannehill's not going, Malik Willis is a good fast quarterback coming from Liberty. He's got some wheels on him. He might get yeah, you some points. Yeah. yeah, he does. He does. He might get you some mass like massive points against the Texans there. I, I you know, so I, I definitely would look for that if you need a streamer this week. Maybe you are a Mac Jones owner, right? Um Sam Allinger, like we said, uh, for the Colts is starting now and he's gonna start the rest of the year. So he's worth a flyer. Uh Ty Johnson, I thought he was gonna move up, but apparently the the Robinson trade put him right back down. Man, the Jets must hate Ty Johnson. Just trying to figure oh, Michael Carter, too. I, I, Michael Carter gets no love from the Jets. They, they still give him carries, but why would they trade for another running back if they don't believe in Michael Carter? So kind it's kind of surprising. I don't know, dude. It's crazy. I I thought he was a really good back for North Carolina. He was a, one of the, like a top two or three round pick. I It blows my Fourth mind. Okay, he was a fourth round tip, but in, so, yeah, I mean, he was definitely a top guy, and he, he blew up the first his rookie year too. He had some big games actually last year towards the end of the, end of the season. Yeah, I guess I guess he was drafted pretty high last year in fantasy too. So yeah, there you go. Um, th- so I agree with all that. Let's move on to non-starters trending up for week eight, and I do have Michael Carter, and I know that they got Robinson, but it's going to be Carter with the lead back at least right now. 
Um, and who knows what's going to happen? They just wanted some depth there. But I will say that the Jets lost one of their big offensive linemen this week, which kind of stinks. Um, what was his name again? Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. And so that might give them a little bit of a blow to their running game. So think about that. Um, who else do I have? Deontay Foreman has a very good matchup uh, against the Falcons. And so even though Chuba Hubbard might play playing, it's going to be a split for most, uh, I, I think. I think it's going to be 50-50, Dave. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I think it's probably about 60-40, actually, Hubbard to Foreman. But I think with Foreman's good showing last week. That's only going to get him a few more carries this week as well. Yeah, and that could go back and forth all year long. So you don't Yeah, to I do. agree. Uh, and I, I will say Ellinger's got a good matchup versus the commies, like we said before. Uh, and any quarterback, whether it be Tannehill or Malik Willis, has a very good matchup against the Texans, and I already mentioned that. Raheem Mostert, Dave, why do we keep mentioning him for years in fantasy over and over and over? Well, this man is playing the Lions this week, Dave. And uh, Your boy I, might finally have his break. Well, he's actually been having a great year this year. I have to give it up to you. We didn't really talk about him at the beginning of the year, but not, yeah, he definitely has taken over that backfield. I have to give you props on that one. There you go. Wide receiver DJ Moore. Uh, bad Falcons D they lost a bunch of corners and they just lost another one. And that's why the Bengals torched them last week. Well, I hate to say it. Um, even though the Carolina Panthers are bad, that Falcons D is bad. So he might get a lot of catches. I think people bench DJ Moore a lot lately. Um, Brandon cooks, bad Titans pasty right there. So, uh, I'm, a. I'm thinking Brandon Cooks could have a big game. Devontae Smith for the Eagles. He's kind of a streamer in some. Like, nobody's starting him because of A.J. Brown, but this Pittsburgh defense is bad. And I can see Minka Fitzpatrick over A.J. Brown and leaving speedy little Devontae Smith open. Might be worth a prop play for uh, longest catch, too, uh, for, like, one of his uh, farthest catches, 20 yards, 30, whatever it is. Uh, wide receiver Adam Thielen versus a bad Cardinals D. I like for the Vikings. So uh, throw Adam Thielen in there. What are yours, Dave? I, I like most of those, but I, I got Gus Edwards against Tampa. I know they do have a tough run defense, but uh, Tampa B has not been playing well these last couple weeks. Uh, so and their defense hasn't either. So I definitely like Gus Edwards this week against that port, against the Tampa Bay defense. Even though they have a tough run defense, I still like that matchup for them. Uh, I do like Travis Etwine. Uh, against the Broncos. You have a good defense. I like him this week. I think he's going to get majority of the carries. Uh, I think he could be a league winner the rest of the year. I think if they're going to feed him the ball, I uh, definitely like that matchup. I do like Hubbard and Foreman against the Port Falcons B. Definitely like that matchup. I like Dalton Schultz. People aren't probably starting him right now, but I do like him against the Bears. Uh, I do like the matchup two for Tua against the Lions. Uh, and I think I agree with you on the Monster too. I, do, I definitely like that matchup for him. Okay. Uh, I do like Chris Olave for the Saints. Uh, that's a guy I really like. He had a big game last week, over 100 yards. And I do like him up against that poor Raiders. The Raiders can't play defense against anybody. So the uh, Saints are going to definitely put up some points against them. I do like Olave against that poor Raiders defense. Uh, I do like Jacoby Myers against the Jets. Jacoby Myers is coming on the last couple weeks. I like him as a non-starter trending up. I think definitely plug him into your lineups if you have him. Uh, he will have a good game again this week against the Jets. So I definitely like that matchup too as well. Uh, and I do like, like you said, against the Titans, I do like Brandon Cooks. And I do actually like Brevin Jordan actually to have a bounce, come out, coming out game here possibly. 
Uh, the the Titans haven't been given up quite a few yards through the air, so I like that matchup as well. Uh, and I do like the Giants against the Seahawks. Seahawks have one of the pat, worst Patsy defenses. Daniel Jones, I think, is going to go off. Uh, Danny Dimes against the Seahawks. I do actually like my Wondell Robinson, too. I like both those guys against the poor Seahawks D. I hate to say this, but I do like Isaiah McKenzie, a non-starter against the Packers. Packers' secondary has not been playing well. Uh, they've been on the field a lot because the Packers' offense sucks. So definitely like that matchup as well. Throw Gabriel Davis in there, too. I think some people are starting. I was going to throw him in there, too, but I think some people are already starting him already. Maybe so. Maybe so. Unless you're stacked. Maybe a 10-team lead or something. Um, yeah, definitely agree with that. And why don't we move into... Oh, yeah, first of all, I, don't, I, I disagree with Gus Edwards. Um, I think he's a great own. And, of course, you're starting him if you have to because of a bye week, say you have Eckler or something. But uh, it, I don't know, man. That, that Patriots... The, the Bucks are just embarrassed. I hate playing guys against embarrassed. Hubbard had 73 yards and Foreman had over 110 yards against them this past week. So, Well, is Akeem Hicks coming back? That would be big. Well, I guess monitor that. That's probably an important thing, too. All right. Good stuff. What are your busts, Dave? All right. Uh, some of my busts, I don't like Trevor Lawrence against the Broncos. Broncos have been balling on defense lately, even though they're two and five, they've been playing really good defense and they had a lot of low scoring games. So I'm downgrading Trevor Lawrence this week as a starter. Uh, any Panthers quarterback, uh, downgrading as well. The Panthers just haven't looked good the ball this past, the last couple weeks, but, uh, I, they might actually do something against the Falcons poor defense, but I'm downgrading the Panthers quarterback situation. They just haven't looked good the last couple weeks against them. I'm actually going to download Justin Fields against the tough Cowboys D. I like Cowboys D has been playing tough all year. I think they have one of the probably top 10 defense here. Uh, so definitely downloading, downgrading Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney if anyone is starting them anyways, but you're probably not starting those Bears scrubs anyways. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right. And then uh, I am downgrading uh, starting running backs for the Cardinals. I think the Minnesota D is a little bit better than the, what they were going up against last week for Eno Benjamin and the other rookie that they that they were starting as well. So I don't think they have as good of a game against the Vikings, so I'm downgrading them. But they're probably not really starters. They're probably borderline uh, with Connor out. Uh, I'm downgrading the, the Jets, actually. Uh, Zach Wilson, I don't like him against the Patriots. Patriots have been playing well as well in defense the last couple weeks. Well, until tonight, they're giving up points to the Bears. But uh, the Patriots always usually have a good defense, so I'm downgrading them. Najee Harris... He's been a disappointment all year. Uh, Eagles have been just balling this year, and they're, they're playing lights out, and they're playing at Philly. So definitely downgrading him and Kenny Pickett. I don't like any of the Steelers against the Eagles D this week at Philly. Uh, Steelers just haven't been playing well either. Uh, I don't like that matchup as well. I don't like the Commanders. Like I said, I think the Colts defense steps up this week and has at least two or three picks. I'm calling that right now on the podcast. All right. uh, I think Taylor, Taylor Heineke throws at least two or three picks this week against the Colts. Mm. I like Heineke. I think he's better than Wentz, but he's I think not, he's better than he's Wentz. Not I definitely agree. But I just I think this is the week though that he'll struggle a little bit because against the Colts because I think they do have a better defense than most people. Yeah, if they, especially more. if Shaq Leonard comes back. <clears throat> exactly, and 49ers against the Rams. I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo against the Rams. The Rams uh, been losing some games here as well. Another team that's been losing games like the Packers so that they shouldn't be. So uh, I think the Rams step up this week, give Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit of trouble. Uh, and then CMC, I think he struggles a little bit too. Just a second game for the Rams, still not knowing the playbook, and against a tough front four in the Rams and Aaron Donald. So 
Uh, don't like that matchup. I'm actually downgrading Alan Lazard uh, and Aaron Jones against the Bills. The Bills have a tough D as well, and they're playing at Buffalo. Fortunately, I'm going to be there to see the demise of the Packers. So, But hopefully I'm wrong and the Packers step up and find a way to win this game, but I do not think that's going to happen. <laughs> well, we'll find out. Um, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. It's just, it's just so many narratives out there. The Rams are coming off the bye, so that's good. But I think Jimmy G's done pretty well in the past against the Rams. They have played against the Rams pretty well, but the Rams, I think they're going to be stepping up their game after after off the bye, I think. They're going to be nice fresh. They better, I mean, I think, they better be because they had a horrible start to the year. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I got those. I, a lot of those. The bus, like I have Rashad Bateman versus the Buc- Buccaneers D. Uh, Trevor Lawrence I had, and you mentioned him. Uh, David Montgomery versus the Cowboys I think is bad. And what I'm starting to see is Khalil Herbert's actually being used a lot more in this game that I'm watching than Montgomery. I find that interesting. You know, it's a Bears has kicked another field goal, 26-14. Those teasers about to blow up again, man. <laughs> Not just that, it, the the survivors. Man, what a crazy NFL year, man, I tell you. Oh, it has been. All the upsets this year just been crazy. Oh, insane. It's funny. It's fun to watch. I'm, I bet the Bears at 8.5, so um, I'm looking okay so far. David Montgomery, I already mentioned Najee Harris versus the Eagles is ugly. And I, and I know Najee was a big part of the game plan last week when they outcoached Mike McDaniel, yet somehow the Dolphins still able one. If they're really getting beat by the Eagles, Najee Harris is going to be not really factored in, and they're going to be well, th- Quick question for you. What do you think of this? I got Kenny Walker in a couple leagues, and I got Najee Harris too. Do I bench Najee Harris for Kenny Walker going forward? Yes, at least for – Matchup dependent, I would say, but I, I love Kenny Walker lately. He's been f- just fire. And uh, against the Giants, the Giants are one of those teams that are just winning based upon pure stamina, coaching, ball control, not turning the ball over, but their stats aren't great. So I think that Seattle should be able to move the ball against them. I really want DK to play, though. That helps open up the run game if he is. Yeah, they're just announcing saying they don't know how long DK is going to be out, but they said he won't need surgery, actually. And yeah, they said Mike yeah. Williams has a high ankle sprain, so that could be a multiple-week uh, absence for Mike Williams. Well, he's got to buy anyway, so that's good for Mike yeah. Williams. Uh, we got Daryl Henderson versus the Niners, I t- said, is rough. So I think it kind of goes both ways with that. Um, I don't like Daryl Henderson against a tough Niners team that got massively embarrassed by the Chiefs last week. It wasn't the running game. It was more the passing game that destroyed the Niners. So I can see Harrison kind of getting stuffed. That brings us to our nasty sleeper, Dave, and I'll go first. I got wide receiver Brandon Cooks. Cook it up, baby. It's He's got a big matchup versus the Titans. The Titans are second worst in giving up passing yards in the whole league. Who you got? I got one with Danny Dimes, Jones, my boy. I talked to him. I hyped him up in the waiver wire. I'm, I'm saying, hey, I think he's a big week. Six and one Giants. Uh, they're, they're rolling right now. Danny Dimes is going to get you those rushing yards as well. I think you could be a league winner this week going with Danny Dimes-Jones. Danny Dimes-Jones. There you go, Dave. Anything else coming into Fantasy F- Football Week 8? No, I think just the CMC trade was huge. James Robinson trade, Matt Ryan benching. Those are those are some big things to put out there. So just keep those in mind when you're picking on waivers this week. Uh, definitely hit the waiver wire hard and get those guys that you need for the bye weeks. Make sure you guys do that. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you guys for listening to the Ozbreakers. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet us at the Ozbreakers. Enjoy the rest of your week and go 
get some winners. <laughs>